ask you if there's anything else on your heart before we change the order of the service. I want to make just a few announcements. Uh, Brother uh, Mike Weed mentioned to me, he said, Brother, I closed the door behind you. He said, the smell of fried chicken is coming up through the window. He knows I'm a Baptist preacher at home. Uh, I say that to say this. Uh, We're going to have fifth Sunday meal here shortly Uh, well just whenever the Lord permits uh, we'll have our fifth Sunday meal and I want to encourage everybody to come and be a part of that Uh, there's always plenty and we want to encourage you to come and be a part of that Uh, with that being said there's not a service scheduled tonight uh, but I encourage you to go and and visit and do those things but maybe you don't get the opportunity to and then a week from Monday night we will start our winter Bible study. So 
we want to encourage the church to come and be a part of those services. A lot of the brethren that we have called to come and help, some of them drive up from Louisville, and excuse me, down from Louisville, per se, and Indiana and different places. And so let's take that time to come out and support them as they have put a lot of effort into preparing these lessons for for our church. So keep that in mind. Anything else on your heart this morning? Uh, our thought this week, uh, really, I, I don't want to say it, it necessarily builds off of what we preached last week. I, I, uh, I really need the Lord's help today. As always, our subject is bigger than we are. Uh, but I want to try to bring it out in a way that, that it might be a help to you as it has been a help to me. Uh, our thought this week is on forgiveness. And really, if you think about it, uh, generally speaking, I, I really think that's one of the hardest things that as a child of God, uh, sometimes it's difficult for us to overcome. Uh, Jesus taught on that subject often. Uh, whenever we began to read through Matthew, and he started there at the Beatitudes, and he began to speak to them as far as what it was in lines of forgiveness. Also, the Apostle Paul made different uh, things as far as pertaining to the churches, as far as how to be kind to one another and to love one another and to have a forgiven heart. Uh, but this morning, I began to think about those things. I've had a few people ask me in regards to my week, how my week went. And uh, I've had a good week in the Lord, uh, but I have had some challenges. And uh, if you're going to be a child of God, if you've been saved, if you've been bought and purchased by the precious blood of the Lamb, uh, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be trials, there's going to be things that we are going to face. Uh, Jesus told them there uh, that they would uh, have persecutions, that there were going to be things that uh, they were going to have to face. Uh, but he prepared them for that. And this morning, I might ask you, or really put the question to you, if you're not enduring those kind of persecutions, if you're not enduring those things, are we truly being the representative that we should be? Now, I'm not saying go out and make uh, yourself boastful, but I'm saying try to live a holy life. Try to live a life that's been sanctified, that's been cleaned up, uh, that God has uh, no doubt in part of the Scripture we'll get to today, Jesus told him, he said, be ye perfect as thy Father in heaven is perfect. Now, not only was he talking about in a sense of perfection that we'll never achieve, but he was talking about being mature. He was talking about doing things according to what God would have us to do. So this morning, that might be my encouragement. Uh, I want to take for a reading lesson some familiar scripture. Uh, and I'm going to wait just a moment, maybe before we get to our reading lesson. Uh, but we'll be in 1 Samuel this morning in the 24th chapter, a very familiar scripture. Very familiar scripture. Uh, I want to, if I can, give just a little bit of a, uh, a backstory, a little bit of a history, if you will, about what is taking place and what is going on. We know that the children of Israel had desired a king, and the Lord had permitted them to have a king. And we know that Saul had uh, been anointed there by Samuel. 
and uh, he started his reign. And uh, it says there that he reigned one year, and then in his second reign, uh, he began to, uh, uh, if you will, he was kind of waiting on Samuel, if you'll remember. And, and I, for time's sake, I'm not going to get into a whole lot of details this morning. But needless to say, he had grown impatient of waiting on Samuel. And uh, he was to wait some seven days, and Samuel hadn't appeared, and he had uh, made sacrifices and burnt offerings unto the Lord. And uh, Samuel and the Lord was very displeased in those things. And uh, he, Samuel goes to him and tells him, he said, your kingdom would have been established forever had you just followed the commandments, had you just followed what had been lined out and done just according to what God would have you to do. And... Uh, so he said, because of that, he said, God has chosen him a man after his own heart, and his kingdom shall be established forever. And uh, so on, it goes on forth just a little bit further on, and uh, God had told uh, Saul, if you will, he told him to go into uh, uh, the, to out, to the, I'm going to mess that up, my pronunciations here, uh, Alamite and to go and destroy them utterly, that there was nothing to be left. He was to destroy uh, the women, the children. He was to destroy the men. He was to destroy everything, and nothing was to be left. But the Bible says because he feared the people, not necessarily because he feared God, but because he feared the voice of the people, he kept those things which were of the greatest possessions. He was to destroy all things, and yet he did not destroy those things. So uh, by that, he did not follow the commandments of God. He did not do those things. And Samuel came to him and spoke to him. And yet he seemed to have a repentant heart. The Lord said, there's going to be another that's going to come. I'm paraphrasing a lot of this for time's sake. So God sent Samuel to seek out a man who would be of the son of Jesse, who would uh, be from Bethlehem over there, and he sought him out a man by the name as we know of David. He said that he was a, 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 a beautiful in his countenance and all of those things. And then we know and we read about the account of how David had slew a Goliath. If you'll remember that uh, not only was Saul afraid, but it said all of the children of Israel were afraid because no man was willing to stand up to Goliath. And it says there then that uh, David, uh, being willing as he sought there, he said, is there not a cause? Is there not worth something for us fighting for? And yet he was willing to go and he went to the brook and he chews him out five small uh, smooth stones, the Bible says, and he went with what he knew that God had prepared him to go with. And he took that one stone and he took that sling and we know then that he hit Goliath in the head. And Goliath fell. And he cut off his head with a sword. Now, all that kind of brings us up to where I hope that maybe we're all a little bit understanding. I know you're familiar with these things this morning. But Saul had a son by the name of Jonathan. And Jonathan loved David. He loved him. The Bible says he loved him as he loveth his own soul. 
He had a, a great love for him. He, he had a great desire uh, to want to be a companion and be a friend to David. I believe he had a great respect for David. But as they made their entrance back into Jerusalem, excuse me, back into the city there, it says that the women had songs. It says the women began to sing, well, uh, uh, Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his tens of thousands. And it says from that point on, Saul, he turned his countenance against David. His heart was turned against him, and there was a sense of jealousy that came into his heart. And my friend, even from that moment forward, he had a desire that David might die. His countenance has changed. He didn't uh, want to see that. There was a sense of uh, envy that entered his heart. There was a sense of jealousy that entered his heart. Saul said that he had uh, devised a plan. He said, I'll give him my daughter. Now, I want you to understand that not necessarily that that was done out of the goodness of his heart because he said over there in reference to uh, the one that would stand up and destroy the Philistine, that would destroy Goliath, he had made mention that he would give him royalties and that he would give him a daughter. But he wasn't doing that out of the goodness of his heart because he ended up giving her away. She ended up taking another husband. But yet he gave her, gave David, Michelle, or Michael, to be his wife. But he done that in a manner that it might be a snare unto him. That he might be destroyed. He didn't do those things out of the goodness of his heart, but I'll tell you it backfired on him because she loved him. And you say, preacher, where in the world are you going with all this? I'm trying to give you just a little bit of history of what's going on. Saul's heart had changed. Do you remember David would sit there when the evil spirit had come upon Saul? And David would sit there with that harp and he would play and it would soothe that evil spirit. Remember that? His countenance and his direction and what he desired had changed direction. It says there on another occasion that as David played, Saul sat there with that javelin in his hand. He sat there ready to destroy and to kill David. But this is where it gets good. It said that David committed himself, or excuse me, I'm paraphrasing this, but he acted wisely. His behavior didn't get out of control. But he acted wisely in the Lord. And I'll tell you what that done. It says then, then that Saul was afraid of David. He was afraid of him because he seen the wiseness. He seen how he acted. He seen that he was not troubled by those things. Now I'm saying in a sense that he didn't just stand up that he might destroy this man. But he conducted himself in a godly way. He conducted himself in a way that was pleasing unto the Lord. He didn't conduct himself in an unruly manner, but yet he done what was becoming of a godly man. A man after God's own heart. 
I certainly believe that he didn't run about trying to run nobody down. He didn't, uh, when he knew all of these things had conspired, had, had come to happen, he didn't run back to his father's house. He didn't go out to the streets there to the people of Israel and run down the king. But where did he go? He went to Samuel. He said, Lord, he said, all of these things have befallen me. What shall I do? I began to think about that this week. I want you to understand what it was exactly that David had went through. This man's soul sought to kill him. And David was a good man. He loved the Lord. He loved His commandments. He loved His law. He loved His cause. And yet Saul, because of jealousy in his heart, couldn't stand for it. So that brings us to the point that we're at. And listen, I'm leaving a whole lot out. That's just kindly getting us down to where the rubber meets the road here in the 24th chapter. David would leave, and Saul would once again seek to kill him. Not only did he seek to kill him, but he, his friend Jonathan I had mentioned to you before. You know, his daddy Saul thought that him and David would, were in counterpart together. You realize his father Saul seeked to take his life, his own son's life. That's where his heart had gotten to. Listen to me this morning. We need to be real careful about the things that we do and the things that we say. Those things have consequences, do they not? But I want to show you the attitude that David had. Listen to what he says here in the 24th chapter. We've got a right smarter reading. It says, Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men of all of Israel and went to seek David and his men upon the rocks with wild goats. And he came unto the sheep coats by the way, and there was a cave, and Saul went in to cover his feet. And David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day which the Lord has said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy unto thine hand, and thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing and he is anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants and with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. And David also arose afterward and he went into the cave and cried after Saul, saying, My Lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. And David said unto Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David, seeketh thy hurt. Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how the Lord has delivered thee into the hand of my, mine hand in cave. And some bade me to kill thee, but mine eye spared thee. And I said, I will not put forth my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see ye, and see the skirt of my robe in my hand. 
For in it that I cut off the skirt of thy robe and killed not, know thou and see there is neither evil nor transgression in my hand, and I have sinned against thee, yet thou huntest my soul to take it. And the Lord judge between me and thee, and the Lord avenge of me of thee, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. As saith the proverb of the ancients, wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, but my hand shall not be upon thee. And after whom is the king of Israel come out? After whom doest thou pursue? After a dead dog, after a flea. And the Lord therefore judge and judge between me and thee, and see and plead my cause, and neither deliver me out of thy hand. And I want to stop there for just a moment. As you can see that uh, Saul had made his way into this cave and David had every opportunity. I began to think about how large this cave system must have been for him to have been in it with his 600 men. Uh, he had every opportunity as his men began to cry out to him and say, here it is, here's the opportunity that God has given you. Uh, you take his life. And as he reached forth to cut off his skirt, uh, listen, I believe he was uh, uh, conflicted in his heart. I believe the Lord convicted him in that matter, and he said, Who am I that I should do this to the Lord's anointing? He said, Who am I that I should do this? And no doubt uh, Saul, seeing there uh, who uh, David had the opportunity to take his life. And I began to think about those things this week. I, I don't want to get too much into a personal life, but I'll just tell you, uh, uh, Jessica knows I I've had a difficult time this week. Uh, with things uh, uh, from my secular life, I've had some difficult trials. I've had some things uh, uh, that I've uh, had a challenge against. And I want you to know this morning, uh, I'm not lifting me up. Uh, but I'll say this, I've, I've got a little spot out there in the warehouse that I sit by myself. About 95% of the time, I'm, I'm by myself out there. And I keep my book back there with me. And I've got a little refrigerator, and y'all think, well, he's just got it made. Uh, I'm not getting into all that. I've got it all right, I guess. But I keep my book back there with me, and that's my place. In the morning, I'll open my book up, and I study, and I read, and I'm back there so I don't have the things that are going on and the things that cause me a distraction. I don't have all that going on. I like to get off by myself. There's people that probably say, well, he's just a, he's kind of a prude, you know. He doesn't want to be a part of the group. It's not that I don't want to be a part of the group. It's that I want to get down to a time that me and the Lord can have time together. That's what's important to me. But I'm telling you this morning, maybe y'all relate to me, maybe you don't. But I'll tell you every opportunity that some of them get, they want to run you down. They want to talk about you. They want to run down your personality. They want to run down everything that they can about you. But my friend, I'm telling you, let God take care of it. There's people in the world today that want to run down God's people. I don't consider myself to be nothing. But David said, what am I? He said, I'm just a dog. He said, am I but a flea? Listen, who am I that you would pursue after me? That's the way that I feel. 
I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who changed my life. That's all that I am. I'm a nobody. And that's what David was saying. He said, what am I, a dog and a flea that you might pursue after me? He said, there's things that are more important than pursuing after me. David had every opportunity. Finally, and I'm, listen to me. I don't know about any of you all, but I've never had anybody that's after, that I know of that's ever pursued after my life. Saul would take that javelin and he would throw it at him trying to take his life, trying to lay snares for him, trying to catch him up. Now, maybe y'all are different than me. I've never had anybody that's ever sought after my life. I pray that nobody's ever sought after your life. But David finally had the opportunity right there in his hand. And he said, I'll let the Lord judge between me and thee. He said, I'll let the Lord do the work. He bowed himself. Listen, he bowed himself before Saul. He, he come to Saul with humility. And he bowed himself before his presence. And he said, who am I? He said, Saul, I'll let the Lord judge between me and thee. He said, the Lord knows all things. The Lord knows my heart. He knows your heart. And I'll let him do the judging. He said, and it came to pass when David had made an end of speaking the words unto Saul that Saul said, Is this thy voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. And he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I, for thou hast rewarded me good whereas I have rewarded the evil. He said, I, he said, David, he said, I don't understand. He said, you rewarded me good, whereas I have rewarded you evil. And I tell you, that really began to settle in my heart this week. Do good to those that do evil to you. Do good to those that despise you and persecute you. Do those that, do good to those. Listen, I'm not saying this morning that we don't get angry from time to time. I'm not saying those things. I believe the scripture says, be angry and sin not. That's not what I'm saying. I believe the Lord has given us a, a sense to have emotion. We know what joy is. We know what sorrow is. I believe it was uh, uh, Solomon says, there's a time and a season for everything. But I want to say this, boy, we need to be real careful how we conduct ourselves. We need to be real careful. We need to be wise in how we conduct ourselves. You say, well, what in the world, preacher, did they do to you? It was real silly. But I want to say this. I like to cut up and carry on as much as anybody. If you know me very well, I'm a big cut. I enjoy cutting up and carrying on. But on the same hand, there comes a time that we put away child fun. Put aside those child. 
So I began to think about all of that. David had every opportunity. But remember, he was wise. It says David, Saul lifted up his voice and wept. And he said, David, thou art more righteous than I, and thou hast rewarded me good, whereas I have rewarded thee. And thou hast showed this day how thou hast dealt well with me. For as much when the Lord hath delivered me into thine hand, thou killest me not. For if a man find his enemy and will let him go away, wherefore the Lord reward thee good, for thou hast had, had done unto me this day. And now, behold, I know well that thou shalt surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in thine hand. Swear now, therefore, unto me by the Lord, that thou wilt not cut off thy seed after me, and thou wilt not destroy my name out of my father's house. And David swore unto Saul, and Saul went home. But David and his men got up into the hole. We'll stop there for just a moment. It seems very responsive that Saul is very repentant. He wept. He bowed his head. He spoke very good words, it seems like. And you would think, boy, that's resolved everything. But it didn't. Once again... He seeks David's life again. David goes down into the camp. I believe by a, name, by a man by the name of Aspenai. I may be pronouncing that incorrectly. But either way, he went into the camp. And as they were all in a deep sleep, David come up and his javelin was there and his course of water was there. And uh, this man that accompanied David he said, I'll do it. He said, I'll do it with one stroke and nobody will know the difference. And David said, no, that's not, that's not the way that we're going to do this. The Lord will take care of it. I say all that to bring us to this point in Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew began to think about the Beatitudes in the fifth chapter. I'll try not to worry your patience too much longer. <clears throat> he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall all manner say evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And he says to be blessed. Oftentimes we look at that word and what it means, and uh, there's been some that said, well, it means to be happy. Uh, my friend, I I'll say this, to be blessed from God, 
and to realize his blessedness in my life, it does stir up a, a joy and a happiness, but I believe it goes deeper than that about what he's saying about those that are blessed. He said, uh, those that are blessed, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those that are persecuted for my name's sake. Uh, listen this morning, I, I don't know if any of us have ever been persecuted uh, like those early disciples or even those that were martyred as we read about in Martyr's Mirror. I don't know if we'll ever be persecuted to that extent. But I'll say this this morning. If you're going to try to stand up for what's right and you're going to try to stand up for what the Word of God says and you're going to try to live a holy life if you want to have a home that it says in Joshua that he says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. My friend, you better be ready for some persecution to come your way. And when it does, my friend, stand boldly and stand steadfast in the Lord. My friend, don't let those things overcome you. It's hard and it's challenging. I believe we read over there where David made his attempt I believe he was walking in part. He said, Lord, I, I want to go back to my home. He said, I want to go back and be in service. He said, but I can't go there. And then he found himself walking between two worlds to go to the Philistines or to go back to the children of Israel. He found himself trying to walk in two worlds. And my friend, that won't work. If you're going to be a child of God, you've got to be a child of God. And my friend, if you're going to walk in the darkness of the world, my friend, God who loves you will get a hold of you. I believe that. I'm thankful this morning for God's chastening hand. I'm thankful this morning that He has the ability to pull us in when it seems like we get too far out in left field. David found himself over there trying to walk in two worlds, did he? He had heard about the things that were going on. The Bible says they had seen the smoke. They had seen those things. And David cried out to the Lord. He said, Lord, shall I pursue them? And the Lord said, pursue them. He went back and he pursued them and his army and them slew them. And the Lord rewarded them with the spoils of the things that they had taken. He got back his two wives, Abigail being one of them. I'm not trying to muddy up the water. I'm telling you, if you've never read through that, boy, it'll bless your heart to see the things that David went through and the things that David suffered. And the opportunity that he had to have Saul right there in his hand. But he said, I'm going to let the Lord take care of it. The Lord said, be prepared. Listen to what he says. Carrying on in the fifth chapter. He says in the 38th verse, You have heard that it had been said, An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twice, and give him that asketh thee. And from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou what? Ye have heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. 
But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them that despitefully, despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? But if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? And do not even the publicans so. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. And I'll say this, as Jesus was uh, telling them, he said, uh, don't raise your hand, don't get uh, in a disgruntled matter. He said, if they smote you on uh, the cheek, he said, turn the other cheek to them. And uh, my friend, this morning, I want you to understand that uh, Jesus was preparing them as far as how they are to love their enemies. Not only to love their neighbors, but to love their enemies. Listen, he said, you've heard it talked about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You know, there's people that still live by that rule today. I thought about David. David had every opportunity. Even when he married, I believe it's in the 24th chapter in the book of Deuteronomy. Read that for your own time's sake, but it gives what it is the law recommending those that would marry. And it says that a man that is given in a new marriage, that he should take one year off and not go and fight wars, that he'd spend it home with his wife. Not even a year had passed and Saul had married Excuse me, David had married Saul's daughter, and he went and he fought against the Philistines. David was truly a man after God's own heart. My question is this morning, I hope and I pray that we're a people after God's heart. There's going to be things in the world that are going to try to drag us down. There's going to be people that are going to talk about you. There's going to be people that are going to throw rocks at you. There's going to be people that want to drag you through the mud. And why they glory in that, I do not know. Uh, it's nothing more than the devil to me. I'll just be honest with you. It's evil. But that's what they want to do. But that's not what Jesus says. He says, listen. When they do those things, he said, pray for them, love them, reach out to them, do everything you can. Now, I want to say this. I'm going to try to wind it up. I'm sorry. No, I ain't sorry. I'm going to get this off the call. Matthew and 18th chapter. In the 21st verse, he says this, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brethren sin against me and forgive him? And he, till seven times, Jesus saith unto him, I say unto thee, until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Now, I'll say this, I don't believe the Lord was being specific on a number. And he said that you are to forgive on a day an unnumberable 
a mile. When your brother comes to you and he has sinned, how many times you ought to forgive him? Well, we ought to forgive him every time. Romans 12 says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peacefully all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Begin to think about what it is, forgiveness. Has anybody in here ever messed up and had to ask for forgiveness? I have. You know how often I ask for forgiveness? I believe it's in the Hebrew letter it says, uh, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Remission means forgiveness. Without Jesus Christ giving his life, the ultimate sacrifice, and laying down his life for me and for you. And in Luke's account, as he's hanging there on the cross, he looks out and says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I believe it's over in Ephesians 4 and 32, he makes mention of uh, being willing to uh, love one another and being willing to uh, uh, be kind to one another. And he said, forgive as thy Father, God, through Christ, has forgiven you. I'm paraphrasing that. My friend, this morning, what kind of shape would we be in if God did not forgive us of our sins and our trespasses? Well, my friend, there'd be no hope for me. There'd be no hope for mankind. If when God forgive me, if he didn't take those sins and cast them as far as from the east is to the west, there'd be no hope for me. I've heard people say this all my life. They'll say, well, I'll forgive them, preacher, but I won't forget. You've heard people say that. Let me ask you this. What kind of shape would I be in if the Lord forgive He didn't. I'd be in a world mess. When somebody asks me to forgive them, I'm not saying it's the easiest thing in the world. Maybe it is for some of you. I've had people. You know, I had an experience one time. Somebody done me pretty bad. It hurt my heart. And you know what I'd do? I'd lay in my bed at night and I'd toss and turn and I was as mad as I could be. You know what dawned on me one night? As I was laying there just as mad as I could be. 
I thought, Lord, here it is. I'm losing all of this sleep. And they're sleeping just as comfortably as they can. Sometimes we've got to forgive people to move on. They may never ask it, but I'll say this. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, faithful. You don't feel like you can handle it? Let the Lord handle it. That's the place that I've come to. I want to love I want to try my very best to heap coals of fire. Not that I might have the honor and glory, but that the Lord might have the honor. Listen. If they want to poke fun at me because I'm sitting out there trying to read my Bible, let them poke fun. Let them have their life. Because I'll tell you right now, I've tried it both ways in my life. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I've tried it both ways. There's going to be people in this life that want to run you down. But my friend, you stand upon the Word of God. You stand for what's right. And you love the Lord. And I promise you this, the Lord will take care of it. He never promised. You understand, will you hush, preacher, I can smell that fried chicken. Listen. I'm going to say this. The Lord never said that this thing was going to be easy. He never said that the valley wasn't going to be hard. He never said that the mountain wasn't going to be hard to climb. That's not what he said. But rather he said, take up thy cross and follow me. And when Jesus is leading, though it might get difficult at times, know that the Lord is there. He's always there. I want to say this this I hope and I pray that I had confused you. Saul ended up getting his in. He died falling upon his sword. I believe I, I believe those arrows that shot into him that he would eventually have died. But he fell upon his sword. Vengeance is mine. Be willing to we're not willing to forgive how in the world listen if there's something standing there in our way you know how hard it is to serve God it's difficult at least it is for us. that's our message be willing to get everything out of the way and go to the Lord a word or a thought on your heart this anything at all let's have a verse or two a song this morning I'd like to say if you feel the need to seek the Lord uh, be willing to seek God but I want to say this I'd like to have a Christian right hand of fellowship this morning uh, all it can and will let's 
shake hands with one another.